0: This is Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Welcome to our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. Today I'm joined by I'm trying to think how to say this. Not one of our oldest employees, <laughs> Mary Todd Winchester. I just I'll just go ahead and say it. Mary Todd Winchester is the longest-serving employee of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Mary Todd, when did you come to CBF?
1: 1971.
0: And you're uh, an Anne Arundel County, Maryland native. You grew up in a family of boat builders. Give just two sentences on the history of your family.
1: Well, I'm sixth generation. We've been on the bay, the rivers, creeks all our lives, We have a boatyard that's been in existence since 1865. So my love of the bay and the rivers and the creeks have really come from my roots. And that's pretty much led me to Chesapeake Bay Foundation.
0: And those roots are deep and and long and broad. Uh, Great, great family tradition. So right now, uh, Mary Todd Winchester, goes by Mary Todd, is Vice President for Administration. You have been for a number of years. Uh, and in that capacity has really been responsible for a lot of CBF's, uh, has been, you are responsible for CBF's plant, all of our buildings, our vehicles, uh, all of our capital um, uh, resources, etc. And what we want to talk about today is uh, green buildings, energy efficient, sustainable buildings, and we've got a number, some that uh, one that is uh, simply a log cabin. I'll ask you to tell about that. That was probably the original green building at CBF. But um, so well let's let's start there. Give us a little history and then I want to focus primarily on our headquarters in Annapolis, the Philip Merrill Environmental Center, and our newest environmental center near the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay, the Brock Environmental Center. But, But tell us a little bit about the history of green building and sustainable practices at the Chesapeake Bay Foundation?
1: Well, it really started back in 1972 when we obtained our first, our first property was uh, given to us. One of our main programs is education and we wanted to build a facility there. And our whole thinking, part of the main, one of our main goals obviously is to be environmentally responsible so we started then thinking about building a log cabin, how can we do it, environmentally responsible. We, that was when we first put in our first composting toilet. So when a lot of people come to the Merrill Center or the Brock Center and see our composting toilets and go, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Uh, we learned along the way through all of our education facilities that we built or renovated uh, during the years, uh, how to improve and how to reduce the pollution. And that's, that's really our goal, is mm. we have to walk the walk. And uh, education is, is huge. It, if we're going to make a change, we have to show people um, how all of us can make the change.
0: I, I came to CBF in 76, but I have read and remember hearing people talk about the construction of the log cabinet at <laughs> Meredith Creek and uh, Yule Gibbons was involved with the Chesapeake Bay Foundation for a while if anybody uh, wants to Google Yule Gibbons and learn a little bit about him and his influence uh, on us. So you mentioned composting toilets. And at the two big facilities, our headquarters, and here and in Virginia, uh, the, one of the most memorable experiences is using the composting toilet. So while we started it at an education center in the 70s and have used them extensively, describe the process of a composting toilet and the magic of it.
1: Well, it's magic because it composts. It's just like a compost. Uh, the waste goes in.
0: Bugs. We're talking bugs, right? Bugs. That's
1: right. <laughs> uh, and the waste decomposes, just like in a compost. It takes about a year and a half, sometimes two years, for that waste to eventually turn into compost.
0: And it, as I, it, this is. It's, it's, it's bacteria, bugs doing exactly. the work Do,
1: right? Exactly. I mean if you if you've ever used a compost you you have to turn it. Um, that was one of the things that we uh, the Merrill Center is our office building. It's a 32,000 square foot building and one of the things that we teased our staff is that they would have to take turns turning the compost. <laughs> um, so that was uh, they were a little worried about that but it it there's very little maintenance. The, the turning is really doesn't happen that often. But the idea is that our waste is not going to the sewage treatment plants. We keep it here on site. It turns into compost, and then we use it on the property. So there's no waste in our compost. It's, it, you turn it, it uh, decomposes, and it, we probably have about eight wheelbarrows of compost a year.
0: So, and there are anywhere from seventy to eighty people in this building. There are events on weekends, things like that. That's have, a, there are a lot of people.
1: This this building gets used a lot, and so it's when you think about the number of people that come to conferences, events. Um, there are usually eighty people, um, sometimes a hundred when you include the interns and volunteers in the building. So the facility gets used quite a bit. and uh, A
0: lot of raw material for the contest. <laughs> a lot of raw
1: material. <laughs>
0: uh, let's pause for a second and talk about these two buildings. The, the Merrill Center in Annapolis, CBF's headquarters. The Brock Environmental Center in Virginia Beach on the Lynn Haven Bay, uh, right at the mouth of the Chesapeake. Interestingly with both facilities we started out really looking at protecting land. Both uh, air, both locations had land that was heavily slated for heavy development, uh, mixed-use commercial, um, even shopping centers and marinas here in Maryland and in Virginia Beach, uh, lit office towers and residential towers. So in both cases, uh, natural lands that the local community thought were extremely important to protect have been protected forever.
1: They have. Um, And we didn't do it alone. Uh, What was uh, a lot of fun, and really, in order to do that, you need partners. And it took partners for both facilities, um, the community, the county in, in Virginia Beach, it was actually the city of Virginia Beach, um, other nonprofits, Trust for Public Land. And that was what the, the whole focus was everybody pulled together to save the property, figure out how we could really prevent the development of that property. Um, and then on, in both cases, we ended up building um, facilities um, that basically have, it's almost as though the buildings aren't here. We prevent that uh, pollution, the impacts, and, and that's really what you want to do. That's, uh, when we talk about green buildings, sometimes people, it's hard for people to understand what green means, but what we're really doing is thinking about how can we build so that we don't impact negatively the property and the bay or the rivers or the creeks. And you think about that as you're designing it, as you're constructing it, as you're living in it, as you're operating in it. Um, and and you, you we have to take the long view. Um, if we think short term, we, we design and build differently. But if you think about the long term, you're using less materials. You um, are thinking about what happens when you renovate. So you're thinking about every decision and how can you reduce the negative impact on the environment. And that's... that's
0: so good. here, here at, the, at the Philip Merrill Center in Annapolis, um, about 30 some, 37 acres of land will never be developed. The Merrill Center itself is built on the footprint of the structure that was here before, an old inn. Uh, Some of the land is in forest, some is in uh, wetlands, some is in beach. Uh, In Virginia Beach, the property is about 110 acres. Uh, That is now a uh, city-owned natural area open to the public. And uh, the location of the building uh, is uh, on a small parcel well back uh, from the water. The, the 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 principles of green building let's unpack them a little bit and what a lot of people start with and I think it's even appropriate to do so is energy so since the Brock Center is by far the more advanced of the two built 15 years after the Merrill Center talk a little bit about the energy in play at the Brock Center
1: well um The whole idea is that whatever you do, you want to reduce the use of. And energy, at the Brock Center, we decided we need to be net zero. What does net zero mean? That means that we look to reduce the amount of energy that we actually need, and then what we need and use, we produce our own energy.
0: So reducing, I call them negawatts, right, <laughs> the, right. the, the energy you don't need to use because you have open windows, you right. have day lighting, right. you have LED lighting, you have a super insulation, all that reduces your energy need.
1: Exactly. But
0: then for the electricity you do need for heating and cooling and lighting is produced by?
1: We produce it um, through solar panels and also wind turbines. We don't have wind turbines at the Merrill Center, but uh, because it was the wind in the middle part of the bay isn't as um, readily available as it is in the Virginia Beach, and that was pretty exciting. So that we could be able to show the public that you actually can benefit by putting wind turbines and solar panels. So we some days when it's cloudy, those wind t- turbines are are. Are running and producing energy, and we have actually in the last eleven months been producing more energy than we use. And part of the reason is because we're actually not using as much energy as we had predicted. So that's that's been very encouraging.
0: You're you're being modest. The building has used has produced much more than (laughs) it's used. Tell us the numbers.
1: Um, the numbers are that we are producing 86% more energy than we use.
0: And that's over an 11-month cycle that's through 11, an entire winter.
1: We started actually monitoring it 11 months ago. And, and part of the reason for that is that we are going for a living building certification. And you can't just check off the box and say, yes, we did this, we did this. We're actually monitored for all of our
0: use so we have to for prove a whole it.
1: year. So we have to prove that we can actually, the building actually operates the way we designed it.
0: And, and it will be, or it is, lead Platinum as well.
1: It, yeah, we uh, obtained our lead Platinum certification, which is very exciting.
0: Worth mentioning that the Merrill Center was the first lead Platinum in the world. It, it, first it was in the, the world.
1: first in the world. Um, and lead was really very important uh, to us. Going for the lead, we were going for the lead gold, but ended up platinum because it was a roadmap. And uh, we were all pioneers at that time, trying to figure out which green components we should be thinking about. How do we? Because you can make a lot of bad decisions and not necessarily having an efficient facility. As you thought you would, so, or spend a lot more money than you really needed to in order to be very efficient.
0: You mentioned money. I'm going to come back to that in a little <laughs> bit. These practices are saving money, and, but um, we've talked about waste, net zero waste, mm-hmm. composting. We've talked about energy, producing more energy at the Brock Center than we use. Tell us a little bit about water. Here at the Merrill Center, Average building of this size, I think I recall. Average
1: average building of this size uses anywhere between two and twenty five hundred gallons of water a day.
0: And we Same are using. And,
1: and we use a hundred gallons a day. That's remarkable. And that has that has been consistent, over uh, for the last sixteen years. And part of that is we've learned how to reduce even more. We have more people in the building than when we first started. We have a lot more events than we ever thought. So the building gets used quite a bit, but we've managed to keep to that 100 so uh, gallons com-
0: of. Composting toilets, no water. So com- that's. Composting that's toilets a, is huge. That's the biggest. Element of the savings, right? But we collect all the rainwater at the Merrill Center and use it for everything other than drinking.
1: Yes, we use that for our hand washing. We use it for we have a uh, locker area for staff and we have washing machines. So showers, it, all of that sort of all thing. All of that.
0: But at the Brock Center, <laughs> we go one step further,
1: and that's because we've learned from the Merrill Center. We've learned a lot over the the last fifteen years. And at the, at the Brock Center, we collect, we are the first commercial building that has been permitted in the United States to collect rainwater, treat it to the federal water quality standards, and use it for everything, including drinking water.
0: And it's delicious. It is. It is. <laughs> and in the Merrill Center, we'd hoped to do that, but we couldn't get a permit to do so from the state of Maryland. That's right. But the Commonwealth of Virginia worked with us and uh, pushed us very hard, but in the end gave us the permit, well, the first in the country.
1: It, it was interesting because obviously when we we first, we started two years before we actually put in the the application for the permit. We've learned over the years that you just don't go in and ask for the permit, uh, submit your permit and expect it to get it in regular time. We go in and we work with the agencies, we work with the permitting staff to educate them. Why, um, why it's important, how we're going to do it and obviously they're going by the code book. They're responsible for making sure that everybody's safe. And it took us a while. But what was interesting, after a few weeks, a few months, you could see the arms unfolding and going, well, tell me, can you explain this? And eventually they gave us the permit after after two years and getting comfortable. And they now bring Mm -hmm. their staff and show them how it works. They bring other people from other agencies to see the Brock Center, to see how it works, and you would think they own the building. They are just as proud of it, and which is exactly what we want. This is part of the, our goals.
0: And that extends as well to the architect, the builder, and others in both buildings. We have people coming through these buildings from all over the world. Oh, my goodness, yes. Looking at them and taking ideas back. So it's they are truly models.
1: It, Unbelievable models. Uh, more of a model. I've always said we're glad that our buildings are models, but we don't want them to stay models. Because right. if they're models, mm-hmm. then people aren't taking what they're learning from us and um, doing it themselves. And that's really what we want. We, we designed and built both of these buildings to inspire Um, to get people. We don't expect people to do exactly what we did because we've done it really holistically. But if every person that comes to our building walks out and goes, I can do that one thing, it changes everything. And we saw that with the Merrill Center. We saw the changes. Um, it, It was amazing to watch the changes and people begin we built our building or we renovated our building or I incorporated this in my home. It's not only...
0: Cork floors. Cork floors. Very sustainable material. Bamboo floors. Another beautiful wood, but uh, a beautiful wood floor, but also very sustainable. Yes. So there are materials that are used throughout the buildings that people can emulate, can use in their own, uh, either commercial or residential as well. Mm
1: -hmm. And ways of thinking about when we conserve water, when we conserve energy, when we, when we, we don't use the energy, using what's free, daylight. Um, the daylight, if you can flood your building with daylight, you don't have to turn on lights. You're not using energy. Not only that, um, seeing the difference from the buildings that we came from before we moved into the Merrill Center of staff, Um, attitudes, and just seeing, I mean, we work hard, and we get exhausted. But when you move, when you're in a building with natural daylight, it's absolutely amazing to watch, uh, especially as an administrator hearing, you know, complaints, the complaints really disappeared. People don't, uh, the attitudes are just amazing. And there are all kinds of studies that show what natural daylight does. Uh, The and that,
0: that's not just a sense of yours. No. <laughs> we've actually been studied. Is that We
1: have. University of California at Berkeley um, does uh, case studies of all buildings, but also uh, specifically green buildings. And we've been included in two studies, one for green buildings and then one for all buildings. Um, in green buildings, we came out on top for how staff just really love the building for so many different things. When we designed it, we, we didn't lose comfort. We didn't lose beauty and we didn't lose efficiency. If anything, we enhanced them, we enhanced, them. In all three, we I enhanced think. <laughs> them. So, and and the other thing about these two buildings is it's really been a fantastic recruitment tool for when we have when we're hiring staff. And retention. Um, exactly. It's, it's, so there's so many benefits that have happened as a result of um, our building the building that we thought might happen, but we really weren't sure. And then there were some that happened that, that were just shocked. The Merrill Center, we have had over 350,000 people through this building. At the Brock Center, just in the first year, almost 25,000 people. Um, and that's exactly what we want. They're, and the range is from students to teachers to architects, but the general public. And they're from all over the world. One of the things that we're finding also at the Brock Center uh, that didn't happen as much at the Merrill Center a missed opportunity, is the permitting agencies mm. who are now interested. And, and they're the ones that we really also need to reach, because if you don't get the permits, then we're not able to build the buildings. And, and getting them to understand that, yes, it's different, but it can work.
0: So let's just touch on briefly, we're almost out of time, but touch briefly on cost savings. They're real, measurable cost savings in sustainable, green, energy efficient, low water use buildings. What can you tell us about that?
1: Well, I think this is what has really proven when we built the Merrill Center and now with the Brock Center, it costs us a premium dollar. But you can't just as with everything. We ask people to do things to help the bay. Sometimes we have to pay a little bit more. We're finding that as more green buildings are built, that price comes down. But you have to take the long view. You have to think about the long term and the operating
0: costs. Yeah, you're talking about upfront capital costs are a premium,
1: but as
0: you stay in a building and utilize it, the operating costs...
1: That's right, are a lot less. For the Merrill Center to operate um, our building on average um, daily costs us $97. 32,000
0: square foot building. 32,000
1: square foot building. 60,
0: 70, 80 people in the building.
1: Right. Now, obviously, that ranges... Uh, different on different days, but on average, if you take a whole year 's operations and divide it by the three hundred and sixty five days it 's on average ninety seven dollars Now, the Brock Center is a whole different ball game because we 're generating more of our energy. We pay seventeen dollars and sixty seven cents <laughs> a month. That's not for energy. That's just to have the wires hooked to the building so that we can send our energy, our clean energy, when we don't use back. it, back to the grid. Back
0: to the grid. So, so that, those are the fees and uh, services.
1: The, the, those are the, the hookup fees the hook-up are basically right. what it is. So 17 bucks a month. Pretty good. Right.
0: You haven't won any um, awards for either of these two buildings,
1: <laughs> have you? <laughs> I should know off the top of my head how many we've done but the Merrill Center has was recognized just I mean the lead platinum was wonderful we were recognized by so many third party
0: business week magazine right. gave it one of its highest it, awards it
1: did and um but probably uh for me all of them are 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 just wonderful but just recently um, the Business Design and Construction Magazine recognized 52 buildings, not green buildings, but buildings, game changing buildings in the world since 1849. That just because we are a game changer for how you can build an efficient building. Um, and showed the world
0: how it could be done. Was the Eiffel Tower one of those? I Eiffel, believe I Eiffel saw. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> so we're talking about the worldwide. The Guggenheim and um, the and the Merrill Center, our headquarters in Annapolis, was one of the 52 going back to 1849. 49. 1849. Yeah. Well, congratulations, and and I know that uh, the trade, <laughs> the trade publications, the building publications, builders magazines. Have covered these buildings extensively, and that's exactly the audience we're hoping to 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 reach. So you're seeing large commercial buildings with green roofs, large commercial buildings going after lead platinum, and using the sort of things which sixteen years ago when we started here were really pioneering.
1: That's exactly right. We were we were there there was no such thing as a green architect back then. I mean they were they were not labeled or certified. And so we were all, as you say, pioneers.
0: Famous story is when your staff, <laughs> one of your staff was talking to one of the builders in the early days of thinking about the building, saying we wanted to build a green building. Son, I'll paint your building anything you want. Right. <laughs> any any color say, you want. <laughs> any right? color you want.
1: Yes. That, and, right. and those are the kinds of questions we,
0: we did. We, yeah, we did. It was a lot. Yeah. Well, Mary Todd Winchester, uh, Vice President for Administration at the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, thank you so much. Our listeners can go on to cbf.org, our website, and see a lot more information about both of these buildings: the Merrill Environmental Center in Annapolis, the headquarters of CBF, and the Brock Environmental Center in Virginia Beach on Lynnhaven Bay, the Virginia headquarters of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. <laughs> now, thank you, Mary Todd. Great thank job. Thank
1: you.